Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes. Welcome to Rock Strikes Ten, the show guaranteed to always give you ten songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it directly on cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right. It's been like damn near a month since I recorded a show properly because I, I tend to like bank a bunch of shows in a row, uh, but I, usually I don't go like a month without recording one. I mean, it's just been crazy. February has been like the worst month ever in our house here. I got the flu and then Nola got the flu, and it's just been ridiculous. So, really happy to be back doing the show again. I hope you enjoyed the two odds and ends episodes that I did, and also the latest episode of The Fallen I did with Logan. That was especially a good episode. So, go back and check those out if you haven't yet, especially for new listeners out there. This week on Rock Strikes 10, I'm going to do like the best of the box sets, of the box sets that I own. I'm a big box set fan. I love the physical media still. And over the years, I've uh, amassed a healthy collection of box sets. I always give it up for Rhino Records, but actually you won't hear, I don't think, anything from Rhino here on the show this week because they tend to do the you know, more archive-type stuff, uh, various artist collections, and that's definitely the best you're going to get in the world. But what I'm doing here is the best box set exclusives. So basically, I think with almost no fail... Every single one of these tracks are exclusively on that one particular box set. It's not on any individual CD or record you can buy. Uh, it's just if you buy the box set, you're going to get these tracks. So this is kind of my pitch to own certain collections that I think are worthwhile. Let's start off here. First one, and a very recent purchase. I was an idiot and not purchasing these right away when they came out because... These particular sets have only gained value online. It's ridiculous how much these things go for. But I am a big, big, huge fan of the Smashing Pumpkins, for those of you who know me. And uh, over the last few years, Billy has been really, like, just putting out the most definitive versions of each individual Smashing Pumpkins album. So, you know, it's not for everybody. If you're not a hardcore fan, I can't recommend these things. But if you're a fan, these things are a work of art. Each individual Pumpkins album, up to a door currently, have been remastered. They've gutted the entire vault every session. Uh, live tracks from the tour and each set has a dvd that coincides with that tour this is the ultimate fan collection i wish all my favorite bands would do these things i mean i'd be broke but these things are greatness so they have so many of them out now and my most recent purchase i actually got lucky because there's a certain chain of media stores uh, vintage stock or movie trading company depending on where you're at in the country but sometimes they do these holiday sales and I'm able to get certain things for not a whole lot of money. Did one of those buy two, get one free things. So they had the pumpkin sets there that I didn't have. So I plunked down on the two and uh, got the James Bond Blu-ray set on top of it. So it was still a lot of money that I spent. But like as far as like 
the value of you know what they would be individually if I bought them like on Amazon at this point. I saved a shit ton of money, so always good, always good. I'm I'm a frugal music buyer. I like to find the best deal possible, while at the same time supporting good new releases because they usually don't jack up the price around the get go. But uh, the one I'm going to highlight here from the Pumpkins catalog is from the Adore box set, and Adore was an album that. It did okay when it came out, but it wasn't completely well-loved. I mean, it had the unfortunate task of following the massive double album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, uh, the biggest peak of sales and success that the Smashing Pumpkins have ever had to date. And with The Door, I mean, Billy, with all the things that happened on that tour and all the tragedy, they basically just dialed the sound back. It was a morose album. There wasn't a whole lot of live drums on it, so it was almost destined to fail. It was an art project. It was the artistic follow-up, as a lot of bands like to do. But I liked Adore when it came out, and I still like it, and the box set is something else, man. And there's a lot of what-ifs when you go through the sessions, and there's like six discs on this thing, so I haven't even listened to the whole thing, to be honest with you. But I was aware of this song from years ago, because they would play it here and there sporadically live, and I always question why this song was never on a door. This has uh, finally been realized as a studio track on this box set here. And this would have been the big hit on the record. I have no idea why this was cut off. The, I didn't even get a great explanation in the booklet. I read the booklet on this particular song. And they even said at some point the label was really worried about the album. So they brought Rick Rubin in to do some A&R work on it. You know, like, you know, what's going to work and what what won't basically and the fact that this song still didn't get put on the record baffles me to this day would have been the hit for sure so check it out for yourself kicking off our box set show this week so smashing pumpkins and let me give the world to you check it out chance to make believing always and all it seems train wreck side underneath your umbrella set the frame destiny on a first name soliloquy tire symphonies playing downward let me with dead excuse 
This week's episode of Rock Strikes 10, the best of the box sets, best exclusive box set tracks. I'll have a, hopefully a more clever title when I post this thing, but that was the Smashing Pumpkins. Let me give the world to you an outtake from the Adore album. I'm not even sure who's on the drums on that one because that actually does have live drums on it. So it's either one of like two or three people. It's like either Matt Walker or uh, that Joey, I can't remember his last name, who played with Beck and R.E.M., so there was a few different drummers that were called in for this. I know uh, Kenny Aronoff did the tour because I actually went to that tour. It was a great show. And on that tour, which there's a, a cool DVD on the box set here from the Atlanta, I think, Fox Theater. And that entire tour, they played theaters because uh, they're just, obviously it wasn't doing well enough to play arenas. But at the same time, it made the theater shows really special. And 100% of the profits on that tour were donated every night to a different uh, children's homeless shelter. I think that's super cool and a good way to give back, especially if you had the bread at that point. So great show. Always have a great memory of that. Moving on here. I think I've pretty much almost seen every band on this particular episode live. So it's definitely kind of a Joey's all-time faves kind of thing for the most part. Next one we're going to do here is from the Ozzy Osbourne box set, Prince of Darkness. Now this one came out definitely as a way, I'm sure, as a cash cow because of the whole Osbourne show doing really well. 
So this box set came out around that time, and it's a pretty good box set. I I can't recommend it like super heavy, but there are some cool rarities and outtakes and demos and stuff like that that make it worthwhile, especially if you're a hardcore Aussie fan. So hardcore fans definitely need to have it. At the time, the fourth disc, which was the Undercovers album, that was exclusive to the box set, and they wound up putting it out as an individual disc over time. Uh, terrible album, by the way. I'm not a fan at all of most of Undercover. But like I said, there's some cool live tracks and demo tracks on the Prince of Darkness box set. I'm going to play you one here. Uh, a song that I've always liked since it's been out. And I know the actual realized version of this song is, like I think, the only song to feature Joe Holmes on guitar in the studio. Uh, for this version, this is the demo of Walk on Water that I'm going to play. The song that wound up on the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. But uh, it's basically just Ozzy, you know, singing, of course. And all the instruments are played by Jim Valance, who I know is an Aerosmith songwriter. I'm sure he's written for a ton of other people. I think he also wrote for Brian Adams. So he must be Canadian or something like that. But I remember a lot of those Bruce Fairbairn records and Brian Adams records. I used to see Jim Valance's name on there. So he plays all the instruments on this song. And it's a cool song. It's definitely a, an unheralded Ozzy track at this point. So from the Prince of Darkness box set exclusively, this is Ozzy and the demo version of Walk on Water.
right, there you go. That was the demo version of Walk on Water by Ozzy Osbourne, originally put out on the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. And I believe this demo version is actually the one they use in the movie, because if I recall, the version in the movie was definitely a rough demo-sounding version and not the one that's on the soundtrack. So I'm pretty sure that's a version that gets played in the movie. So there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Moving on here to a great box set. Had great packaging, great exclusives. Uh, just an overall nice set. It's one of those box sets where definitely the majority of the material used as far as the audio goes had already been on other records, but it's a nice history of the band overall. Talking about Judas Priest box set called Metology. And just, like I said, nice history of the band. I love the packaging. The original version, actually, uh, it's bordered with like a spiked bracelet kind of thing. It's really cool. Uh, it's got a nice bonus DVD of a show that was never released commercially. I believe from the Screaming for Vengeance tour, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a while since I watched it, but I need to rewatch it again for sure. But uh, they sprinkle in some exclusive live tracks that were never put out anywhere else. So, good excuse to play it on the show here. And one of my all-time favorite Priest songs, one of my all-time favorite Priest records, which should have had a deluxe anniversary version out at this point, but it got skipped. So, crossing my fingers for the inevitable 40th anniversary of Point of Entry. But originally from Point of Entry, here's an awesome box set exclusive live version of Hot Rocket. Turn it up.
I'm always down for some hot rock in there. That was Judas Priest live track from the Metology box set. Go get it if you could find it. It's out there somewhere. And hopefully you can find the original version that has the cool spiked bracelet border on there. So that that's the way to go, in my opinion. All right, moving on here, of course, a lovely tie-in to Priest is always going to be Maiden. It seems like they're always in the same conversation. So let's play something from the Eddie Archives box set. This one's a little bittersweet for me here because I used to actually physically own the uh, Eddie's Archive box set. That thing was gorgeous. It was just an amazing box set. It was like a crypt. had a shot glass in it. had a parchment scroll of the Maiden family tree and, of course, the, the six CDs that come with it. Uh, unfortunately, when times got tough for me uh, quite a bit back, maybe about a little over 10 years ago, wound up having to sell it. It was very sad, but I managed to rip the audio, so I still have it in some way. But hey, you know, if you ever see one out there and uh, you need to get a Christmas gift to old Joey over here, then uh, I would definitely love to welcome that box set back in the household. Give it a good home once again. But uh, regardless gonna play something off of this there is a ton of box set exclusives on the eddie archive box set mostly the live performances there's about four discs worth of live material and then the other two are the best of the b-sides and all the b-sides honestly have been on a lot of those sanctuary reissues from the 90s uh, that had those great bonus disc versions which sadly they they didn't transfer over when they did the last run of remasters it's that was a little frustrating but the box set pretty much picks them all up. And uh, the live stuff's great, too. There's uh, the complete BBC sessions, as well as this double live album that was never put out anywhere called Beast Over Hammersmith. And this is a gig they played at Hammersmith, I think, just a few days before Number of the Beast actually came out. So this is one of the first Bruce Dickinson gigs, if not the first. I'm not totally sure about that, but that sounds right. And it's a really cool show because... Uh, these people are getting to hear a lot of Number of the Beast cuts for the first time ever and hear them do some deep cuts off of the first two Maiden albums. And, and, you know, there's a lot of songs from those first two albums that have survived over the years and set lists, but uh, a few that haven't for sure. So here's one of the more rare tracks. It's rare to hear Bruce sing this, but a great track, of course, from the first ever Iron Maiden album. So here's a cool live version of Prowler.
right, there you go. A rare live version of Prowler with Bruce Dickinson on vocals from the Eddie's Archives box set. And I think it's out of print definitely at this point. So I was kind of kidding about gifting it to me because that would probably set you back a couple of hundred dollars, I'm sure, at this point. But if you're a fan, you should definitely pick it up for yourself. Good stuff there. All right. Moving on here. Uh, some box sets that uh, I think are out of print also at this point, and there was never a third volume, which, as far as the material this band put out, it definitely garners one. Maybe not so much in quality, but to you know, finish it up. I'm, I'm a fan of you know, finishing up the story and not leaving us hanging there, but especially at some point, uh, you know, 15 to 20 years ago, I was definitely a massive, massive Motley Crue fan. I still like Motley, but... And it's over the years, it's been kind of like, ah, you know, but you know, like I said before in a previous episode, I went to the final tour and then I had a great time. And like a lot of hardcore Motley fans, I'm a big fan of the John Karabi record. And on these box sets here, music to crash your car to, or whatever music to crash your car by something like that. I don't have it in front of me, but they really are great box sets, despite the tackiness of the title and, and the whole tie into their history there. But I, I'm still trying to figure out who greenlit that one. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's that's really, really stupid and insensitive to call it that. But as far as the stuff inside of it, if you're a fan, it's definitely worth owning. Those two volumes that they have out now, you can only get the Leather Records mix of Too Fast for Love the, on CD on that particular box set. So worth owning the first volume just for that and of course it, all of the bonus cuts and some exclusive cuts that aren't even on the remasters and there's a lot of good bonus tracks on those remasters of the old albums but some of these are only on the music to crash your car to buy box sets and here's a good example of that i was talking about the john karabi album and there's a lot of good bonus tracks uh, if you buy the remastered version it's even got the cool miss baby kills song on there and stuff like that box set covers all the coordinary tracks which you know has been put out before so here is a john karabi track that is only on the volume two of their box set series here and it's a cool track man i i i'm sure it was really hard to cut this song off the record but i guess since it's a ballad and there was already a couple of ballads on the album they they let this one go but if you're a fan of the Karabi album, you're going to love this one here because I think it's a great track. It's kind of the home sweet home of the John Karabi era. This is 10,000 Miles Away. 10,000 Miles, take one. I'm feeling cold 
There you go. Nice song there. 10,000 Miles Away from the John Karabi Motley Crue sessions there on Music to Crash Your Car by Volume 2. And there's a lot of great stuff in there. And the fact that you get all the studio albums on there, plus all the bonus tracks. So if you're a fan of Motley, you need to track down those two box sets. They're definitely must-owns, for sure. And you could argue that uh, they don't really need to make a Volume 3, (laughs) because probably would be a hard sell with a box set that contains the remaster and bonus tracks from like Generation Swine, New Tattoo, and then Saints of Los Angeles. But who knows? There's an audience, or at least a little bit of an audience out there for it. I I like the Swine record, actually. We'll go into that in way more detail. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, for those of you that actually listen to the show, I'm not saying this online yet, but... Uh, I'm going to do a big series of shows here during this particular year on uh, doing a retrospective for 1997. I know a lot of shows are probably already doing that particular retrospective because it's, you know, 20 years ago, of course, but it's an important year for me. It was my graduation year, so there's another reason I wanted to do that. And plus, I'm not even going to my uh, high school 20 year anniversary anyway, so this is kind of my way of doing that and thumbing my nose at it but at the same time you know i'm just curious to see what the actual best album of 1997 was so that's what i'm gonna do not even sure how many you know i'm gonna do a countdown show where i do the usual rock and roll geek rankings of them and we're just gonna rank the albums that way and i'm not sure how if it's gonna be a top 50 or a top 100 i don't even know at this point i know how many records i plan on reviewing but 
We'll just see what happens. So it'll probably be later on, maybe like late summer, early fall. Who knows? Tentatively. But I'm definitely going to do the countdown. All right. Moving on here. Of course, I wouldn't let a box set show go without doing something from the Kiss box set and trying to find something I've never played on the show before. So maybe I've been waiting to play this song for this particular theme because uh, I'm surprised I haven't played it yet. I really, really love this version of this song. This is a demo of the song You're All That I Want that wound up being on the Unmasked record, which I love the Unmasked record, but uh, I think... They said that this demo may even date back to the mid, mid-70s, mid like way before Unmasked. And I really haven't been able to get a whole lot of confirmation on that. But it sure does sound like it's older than the even un, the Unmasked material because the song is so different compared to the one that wound up on Unmasked. So I'm going to go with that. Let's say 76, 77. Who knows? Not even sure who plays on this. I know that Gene sings on it and Paul sings on it. But I have no idea what the actual lineup of the band is on here. So, all that being said, here is a great, awesome demo of You're All That I Want, You're All That I Need by Kiss. Check it out.
Alright, there you go. That was You're All That I Want, You're All That I Need by Kiss. A demo of a song that later came out on the Unmasked record. And I consulted the box set booklet, actually. I do, of course, physically own that box set. And according to the notes in there, it's definitely Gene and Paul on there playing the guitars and bass. Uh, the drummer is unknown. And he said that this demo was done during the Love Gun era, so about 77 or so. So there you go. Some clarification there, which I try to give you nice, good, geeky facts on this show every time. All right, moving on here, we're going to dial it down quite a bit. And uh, a little personal story here. This is probably my favorite story involving this particular artist. So this is uh, this is going to be a tough one for me because... This is a song that I kind of considered an anthem, a personal anthem for a while, back when I was really just personally, probably personally and professionally at my worst. I was at my lowest point about 11 years ago or so, 11, 12 years ago. Bad relationship, moving around temp jobs all the time. It was it was a shit show, absolutely, without a doubt. And just... Uh, <laughs> My outlook was very bleak, and thankfully, uh, things have gotten so much better. God, so much better. It's night and day for sure. But at, at the time, I was in a place where I'm like, never getting married, blah, 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 you know, the typical, you know, younger guy bullshit. And I consider this a personal anthem here. And at the time, uh, there's this Johnny Cash box set called Unearth, and it's basically like, Every single song that was cut off of all the Rick Rubin produced albums, all the American Recordings records. This is a great box set, and it's pretty crazy that these songs didn't make actual records. And the stuff I especially like from the American Recording Sessions are those second and third records, the one that was Unchained and Solitary Man. Because for the most part, especially on Unchained, which I think is the best Johnny Cash album ever, it's uh, pretty much Johnny Cash being backed up by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Definitely a great marriage, and just the everything just sounds great. The, you know, Johnny's there, but like just the music and the way it's mixed, and it was just a magical session for sure. And they do this song called "I'm a Drifter," and uh, I didn't know anything about this song. It was definitely a cover version. I think he was pretty much almost doing covers ninety-five percent of the time during this era. But I, I just figured that Johnny Cash wrote the song, and I adopted this as my personal man anthem. This is the ultimate, like, lonely guy, you know, y you'll hear it. I mean, it's, it's all there. It's real close to the bone. It turns out when I actually looked into the booklet and looked at the person that wrote this song, my man anthem was written by Dolly Parton. So there you go with a, one of one of Joey's old man anthems here is Johnny Cash and the Heartbreakers, with the Dolly Parton written track, "I'm a Drifter." Check it out. I'm a drifter A lonesome drifter I got no place To call my own 
There you go. Johnny Cash along with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers doing I'm a Drifter from the Unearthed box set. Uh, if you're any kind of fan of that guy at all and you don't have that box set, then you're missing out. It's some of the best stuff he's ever done easily on that box set. So you, you must have it if you're any kind of Johnny fan. Speaking of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, I'm tying this in over to the next track. And there's a couple of really great Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers box sets out there that you should own. The one that people are most familiar with is Playback, and that's a six-disc box set. It's like half previously released stuff and half demos and live tracks, so uh, it's a good collection. It's a, it's a nice 50-50 there. And uh, there's another great box set out, which I'm actually going to pull from for this episode, the Live Anthology. It's this four-disc collection, and it's just a from different shows from very first tour all the way up to the tour before this thing got released, so it's a 
history of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers live, and there's some great stuff on there. There's a bunch of cover songs that he's never put out on any record except for this box set. So as an exclusive box set track here, this is a really cool version of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers doing the old Peter Green Fleetwood Max. Oh, well, check this one out. Stick by me, I'll be your guiding hand But don't ask me what I think of you I might not give my answer that you want me to great version of oh well i don't even know how many times i have oh well on different albums i have a lot of versions of that song 
but it's a great song. It's like if you're any kind of good live band, you should definitely know how to play that song. It's definitely a standard at this point. It's a really great version of the Black Crows and Jimmy Page doing it on that Live at the Greek record. So recommend that as well. It's probably one of my favorite versions of it between that and the Tom Petty version. And when when I saw Tom Petty a few years ago, he actually played that in the set. So that was that was a really good time. Great show. One of the best shows I've ever seen. And speaking of the Black Crows, actually, I'm going to play something from the Show Enough box set now by the Black Crows. And the Show Enough box set actually is pretty much just predominantly their first four studio albums remastered with extra tracks that were exclusive to that particular box set. Uh, But another cool, really must-own thing out of there, which makes me recommend the box set even more, is there's a live EP of just random live tracks on there. And I never need much of an excuse to play this song. This is one of the best songs ever. So here's an awesome live version of Sometimes Salvation. Enjoy. You 
Alright, a live version of Sometime Salvation by the Black Crows from the Show Enough box set. The live EP audio there. Hope you enjoyed that out there. And we got one more song left here. We're going to play you something uh, from one of the first box sets that I really ever wanted to own. The Pandora's Box by Aerosmith. Whenever Sony reissued out their old catalog and remastered it, they put out this box set in addition to the Box of Fire set. And they're actually both worth owning uh, in in a sense because Box of Fire is all the studio albums from the original Sony era along with the live albums and, and even throwing in the greatest hits there. I mean, it's a complete collection. It's very nice. It's got a nice bonus EP on there. And the Pandora's Box is just a nice overall history Uh a few studio tracks, mostly cool live tracks and demos, so it's definitely a hardcore fan box set. And uh, something, you know, of course, if you've seen the Sgt. Pepper movie or have the greatest hits, you've heard them do the Beatles come together on there, and it's a very popular version. But they also recorded another Beatles track, in addition to doing I'm Down on Permanent Vacation. Yeah, I didn't forget that one either. But here's yet another Beatles cover done by Aerosmith, exclusively on the Pandora's box set. This is Aerosmith closing out this week with Helter Skelter. When I get to the bottom, I go back to the top of the slide where I stop and I turn and I go for a ride.
All right, there you go. Closing off this week's episode, Rock Strikes 10's Best of the Box Sets. That was Aerosmith and their version of Helter Skelter. Sounds definitely like it's just a one take in the studio, if you ask me. Really cool raw version of it there. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. Feel free to let me know what you liked and what you didn't like. You can go to Rock Strikes 10 on Facebook. Of course, if you just go to cnjradio.com, there's the links to the Facebook, the Twitter, all that good stuff, the iTunes feed. It's all on there. And, of course, every episode of Rock Strikes 10, in addition to the Synaptic Podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. Some great episodes up there for you to check out. I recommend. Even if I didn't produce it, I'd still recommend it. And, of course, the great Chris Bloggs, Last Theater on the Left, and Wrestling House Show. Always a great read for me, and I read it myself. So, And I have no idea what he's ever going to write about, but I always enjoy it. And last but not least, before we get out of here, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the awesome outro. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband, purchase their latest album, Gone, and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. Like uh, Chris Riley did over there in England, he actually sent me a thing that said that the Spacebeard album, and he buys a lot of records, Spacebeard record was in his top five albums of 2016. How cool is that? So... If you didn't know that already, Pete and the boys, then you know it now. And everybody else adhere to what Sir Chris Riley did there. All right. Going to get the hell out of here. And, of course, we'll see you guys on the next one. Have fun.